Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. The dichotomy between the world of form and the world of non-form is constantly referred to in the understanding of things. And it is constantly portrayed in various stories. And to make the shift from illusion to hak to reality, we have to make the shift <coughs> from only understanding the world of form to touching the world of non-form to beginning to understand the world of non-form and to learn how to integrate ourselves into the world of non-form. <coughs> Bauer would call it the atom and the non-atom, meaning there's a physicality and things exist within physical form but just because you can't see things, that doesn't mean they don't have a form to them. It's just that the form is formless. And as we often say, if you can't hold on to paradox, you can't be a Sufi. So <laughs> we have to think of formless things. And... Uh, I was talking uh, to Rahman this morning, and she mentioned a story that's in uh, a new book, which really goes right into it and and lays it out very quickly and in a beautiful way. And it's the story of Solomon wanting to feed the fish. And Solomon, who was a mighty king and could speak to the animals and had many powers, was speaking to Allah and said to him, I'd like to feed all the animals in the world for a day because we have stockpiles of food. <coughs> and Allah said, it's not possible. And they continued to talk. And then he said, well, how about if I just feed the fish? And Allah said to him, you can try. So Solomon prepared to feed all the fish in the world. And they pushed all of the food from all of the warehouses to the edge of the ocean. And then Solomon let go with a blast and proclaimed that today all the fish in the oceans should come forward and they would be fed here. And one fish came up. And it was bigger than anything anybody had ever, ever seen. And they couldn't believe something this big existed. And they began to push all of the food that they had at this fish. And the fish ate it. And they pushed more. And the fish ate it. And they pushed more. And the fish ate it. And Solomon also had the aid of the jinns and the fairies. And they were all helping him push the food into the ocean. And this one fish just kept eating everything. And Solomon said to him, you must be the biggest fish in the ocean. And the fish responded, and he said, no. I have 70,000 brothers and sisters. And each of them is 70,000 times bigger than me. 
And my father is 70,000 times bigger than any of my brothers and sisters. And my mother is 70,000 times bigger than that. I think I got it backwards. The mother is the first 70, the father is the second 70. So, uh, uh, Solomon throws up his hands. What can I do? What can I do? And then Gabriel came with one drop of God's grace and gave it to the fish and the fish was satisfied and went back into the ocean. Well, here you have the form, the food, couldn't feed the fish. But the non-form, the drop of God's grace could feed the fish. So that which appears to be unseeable, that which appears to not exist, has more power than what does exist, is more fulfilling than what does seem to exist. And this is the lesson of this story and the lesson of so many other stories. If we're looking... For real satisfaction, we won't find the real satisfaction in form. It's not available. And the fish, or our desire, can (laughs) consume everything that we give it. The desire that we have can't be satisfied by the food of the world. Because desire doesn't get satisfied. And desire is a giant, bigger than you can imagine. And everything that you give it will not be enough. But if you're clever enough to find out about Allah and to give your desire Allah, then satisfaction will come and peace will come. So... We're looking for satisfaction in all of the different worldly phenomenon and worldly places and worldly riches and all of the things that the world has to give. (coughs) But after a while, we will find that no matter how much of it we get, we can't be satisfied. Now, it takes years to find that out because there's this long period of time where if I only had a little more, if I only had a little more, if I could only get a little more, well, there's never enough. If you took all of the warehouses of all of the food in Solomon's kingdom and try to feed desire, it's never going to be enough. So, we have to begin to realize where to look to become satisfied. We have to begin to realize where to look in order to fill that great empty space inside of ourselves that needs... Uh, some people's needs are so overwhelming that you can't be near them because they will consume not every, not only everything around you, they will consume you. Um, 
if you want to see something like that, there's a wonderful movie called What About Bob? And I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it's about a psychiatrist and his patient. And uh, the patient is Bob. And uh, he's in constant need. And everything's about him. And there's never enough. You should see it. Because it's a real, it's a real example of what it's like in the world. I had trouble watching the movie because the character was so offensive, yet you knew that this is, this is real. People become like this in the world. We have to become careful. We have to be careful not to become like this in the world where we become those who need everything that we see. To enter into wisdom is to take that leap from the Adam to the non-Adam. To enter into Hak is to take that leap from the Adam into not-Adam. To have real understanding of how things work is to take that leap from the non-Adam to the, from the Adam to the non-Adam. We live a tiny little span of time. Uh, it's often described as the blink of an eye. Yet we think that this blink of an eye contains all of our existence. But it doesn't. There was an existence before this, and there will be an existence after these. And eternity is the existence that is after this. But that existence doesn't exist in the physical realm. It exists in the non-physical realm. And we have to become believers in the non-physical realm. We have to understand that there is an entire reality which supersedes the reality of the physical realm in the non-physical realm. And that's when we should begin to realize that by sitting still and reiterating La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. This is one of the keys to making that transfer from the physical realm to the non-physical realm. I do not exist. Only God exists. One short sentence is the key to understanding everything. And if you can understand that one short sentence, and you can repeat that one short sentence, you can make the transfer. There has to be faith in that sentence. And there has to be a dedication to bringing that into our life. And so, not only do we have to believe it, we have to do it. And we should be doing it all the time. So that underneath of our physical existence is this undercurrent of denial of the physical existence, even though we are presently within it. So, as we do our daily tasks, we should be reiterating, 
to the point where it becomes a constant <coughs> repetition within our being and doesn't stop. It is said that it's like bringing water out of a well. For the first while, you really have to pump it and prime it. And then the water begins to flow. So the la ilaha illallah can become a constant. When we do the la, the silent la ilaha illallah, uh, we don't make sounds. And we say it, we can move our tongue inside our, our mouth <coughs> without the words coming out. Slowly, as you do it without the words, it becomes a silent, repetitive meditation that goes on in your being over and over and over. So we go from the world of the atom to the world of the non-atom through the understanding (coughs) that the world of the atom is an illusion and the only truth is in the non-atom. And what is the non-atom? The non-atom is Allah. And what are the constituent parts of that non-atom? Rahman, Rahim, Shakur, Latif, all of the Asma Husna. So even though the book, the Asma Husna, has a form, it takes you into the world of non-form. Allah created us in His image. But He has no form. So what is His image? Rahman and Rahim. And that's why before we begin anything, we say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the merciful and the compassionate, who we don't see, but in whom we believe who isn't a parent but who controls everything who is beyond the sight of these eyes but is seen through the inner eyes who is beyond the hearing of these ears but is heard with the inner ear is tasted with the inner tongue the tongue that is part of the disappearance the tongue that moves for la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. So, everything that we study in the Sufi path, everything that is told to us by way of the tales, is all towards that one point. And that one point is the annihilation and the surrender of the self and that's a major undertaking and a major declaration about your being and it means a lot more than just meets the eye and there's many many little sections to describe it for instance we live in a world of praise and blame 
everybody tells you this is good or this is bad, this is good or this is bad, can you disappear from the world of praise and blame? Will praise not affect you any differently than blame affects you? Will blame not affect you any differently than praise affects you? Many people can take praise. They have trouble with blame. Many people can't take blame. But if they're given praise, they become big-headed and impossible to be with. Can we bypass the worldly reaction to us so that our focus stays on Allah? One of Satan's tools is praise. You're doing really great. It makes you forget what you still have to do. Blame is also one of Satan's tools. You suck. Well, what's that mean? That means it throws you off the path. It throws you away from your one focused uh, understanding of the need to disappear. Anything that you attach to within the world pulls you away from that one focused understanding that you don't exist. If you attach to things, you exist. Think about it. If the desire that you've built up your entire life continues to function, if the desire is still in need, it's like this rampaging fish that eats everything that comes to it, that can never be satisfied. And everybody's the same. You won't find peace in fame. There's no peace in Hollywood. You won't find peace in wealth. There's no peace on Wall Street. You won't find peace in the world. Why is the world in constant conflict? Because people believe that if they rearrange things enough, something will work itself out. I remember when I moved into an office, a new office. I started uh, buying accessories for the office because it didn't feel right. After the third day of buying accessories, I realized, you got to stop or you're going to have more accessories in here than anything else and just sit down and work. And so I stopped. But (laughs) I could have kept it up for a lot longer. And all of us can keep doing preparation in order to begin. Like, what's the preparation for doing la ilaha illallah? The intention to do it. And once the intention is set, do it. If you put too many... Excuse me. If you put too many prerequisites in front of it, you're never going to get around to it. So what we need to do is set an intention and do it. Set an intention and do it. The time between the intention and the action should be very short. And we need to learn to make the time between intention and action very short. Because we can spend our entire life getting ready. Well, you're ready. Allah says it. You're ready. Be ready. Make the move.
you'll see the rewards. Don't wait. Begin now. There is no other time. And the other thing that happens is, once you know something, if you don't move on it, you're going to forget it. It'll drift away from you. It's just the nature of the way things are. Once everything's set in place, move. And when? Now. So, when should we do the zikr? Now. And what time is it now? It's now. And what time is it later? It's later will be now. It's always now. So when should you do the zikr? Always. And if you can take the time out of the in-between of when you're getting ready to do it or when you have something else to do, you'll be in a constant state of doing it. And that will be what saves your life. That will be what takes you from the temporary nature of the world to the eternal nature of our God, of Allah, of Haq, of Rahman and Rahim, of reality. And that's the place where we need to go. That's the place where satisfaction exists. That's the place where glory and grace overrides everything. And we are in a state of peace. May that come to be the way we all are. May we make the effort that takes us to that place. Amin, amin. Yes. Ya Rabbi Allah.